You're listening to Marginalia, a podcast from New City Presbyterian Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. Marginalia is a space where the pastors and staff of New City discuss the scribbles and the margins of our weekly sermons and life together as a community. I'm Abby Murrish, Director of Communications for New City, and today I'm joined by Brian Ferry and Ryan Zhang. How's it going? Hello. Good going well. Yeah, well, welcome back, Ryan, from Kuala Lumpur. World traveler. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'd say halfway around the globe is pretty significant. So um, could you, as we get going, want to share a little bit about maybe a scene or a snapshot of the trip? Um, I think the highlight for me was um, Thursday of the conference. It was a lighter day for me. I didn't have to do a lot of translation on the stage, but there was a special lunch, a smaller lunch that I got to do a little bit of translation for, and I was translating for Tim Keller and Don Carson, so that was fun. And then afterward, I got to take a selfie with Keller. And then after that, I had the afternoon, kind of a couple hours free. So I went up, went out to Chinatown, met up with Josh and Jake, and we sat in this kind of like, kind of like a food court with a lot of food stands around, and we had food and drank beer and talked about random stuff. And it's kind of like my two worlds colliding, well, actually, a lot of worlds colliding, you know, the PCA world, and then some Gospel Coalition people were there, New City people were there, a lot of Chinese pastors were there. So just meeting these people and getting them meet each other and then and then being in the orbits of all these events, mm-hmm. so all these events. That was fun. Well, sometime soon we'll have to have you and Josh and maybe Jake in, and we can talk more about your trip, because I think that'd be fun. That would be, be great. great. Yeah. But on Sunday, you preached on John 8, um, mm-hmm. 31 through 59, Jesus and the Sinful. So you drew the lucky card <laughs> for the sermon series. Could you summarize kind of what you talked about, some of the main points, the text? John 8, um, it's a, a passage where Jesus started with an offer to the people saying that, if you abide in my word, you will be set free. And people surprisingly reacted quite negatively. So they said, you know, we have never been enslaved. We are children of Abraham. How come you said we have to be set free? And then Jesus in turn said, well, you're actually children of the devil because you refuse to believe in me. And then in return, they called Jesus the devil. So it kept going back and forth like that. And then eventually Jesus made this claim that, you know, I am not the devil. I am God, actually. You know, before Abraham was, I am. So that's um, it's a quite offensive in terms of Jesus telling people that if you refuse to believe in my words, then you are children of the devil. And that could mean a lot of people in the world today. But he backed that up with saying that I am God. So what he says has to be true because it's not just an opinion. Being God, what he says is true. And I think a lot of us have problem with that, not just offensive comments that he made about people being children of the devil, but also backing up with a claim to be God and with absolute truth. But the problem with that is once we reject those, you know, his comments and reject who he is, we also reject the offer that he makes, that he is the God who came near to us to save us. And that we reject those things that we would be left without a God who came to save the world and without a God who came to love us, to freed us and to free us from our sins and our sickness. Yeah, it's interesting to me that it, it seems that it was such a threat to their identity of who they thought they were. They thought they were one. And, and everybody's self-identity. I don't think anybody 
holds an identity that they sort of hate. I mean, I guess there is some self-hatred and maybe some people do, but in general, we, we, we put on an identity that we are proud of, that we like. Mm -hmm. And when somebody threatens that identity, in this case, Jesus threatening their identity culturally as righteous people, as good people, um, that cuts to the very core. And I imagine the same thing is true of us as 21st century U.S. American modern people, mm -hmm. that when Jesus comes in and threatens our identity and says, no, you, you have need, you mm -hmm. are a sinner, that we go, wait, 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 I am a good person, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I pay my taxes, I've worked hard, look at what I've done for myself, I've, you know, the self-made man is sort of in our cultural myth, that when that cuts to us and says, no, you're not who you think you are, your identity that you've created is not really the core of who you are. And then the beauty of the gospel is not only are you far worse than you even know you are, but you're more loved than you could dare to imagine. Mm -hmm. That invitation to know the truth and the truth will set you free is remarkable. Mm -hmm. Well, it'll be great to talk a bit more about this in a bit. But first, we have a few sponsors for this week's episode. So we'll get those queued up. So we actually had two sponsors, one accepted and one denied. The sponsor that actually sponsored us that we thought was a great idea was the blizzard of 2020. <laughs> that was last Thursday and Friday. We got about an inch of snow and that was enough to cause disruption around the city and some school cancellations and parents. Sell panicking. a lot of milk and bread. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, what do you need when a blizzard comes? Milk. Milk and, and bread. bread. <laughs> yeah. And having lived in New England with this winter of 108 inches of snow, this is... Were you even ready for this? Yeah, I, I was panicking yes. quite a bit. So tell us what sponsor and got the cut. the sponsor that um, I refused their um, offer was the coronavirus. They wanted to expand the market to America. And, and I said, you know, it's not a good idea at the moment. So let's wait a little bit. Yeah, no, thank you. Maybe a no good idea you. never. <laughs> So thanks, Ryan, for doing the hard work of tracking down those sponsors for this week. Um, tell us, what do you want us to talk about or what questions or topics did you have for today? Yeah, so one thing I wish I had a little bit more time to get into in the beginning of the sermon or it's from the beginning of the passage. And it's, you know, this idea, kind of like a paradox in a lot of ways sums up the Christian faith of the, um, when Jesus says, abide in my word and you'll be my true disciple and the truth will set you free. And, you know, it's a little bit of paradox. You know, you think about freedom. It's something that's untethered, that you are not bound by anything. But here Jesus says, you abide with me, you'll be bound by my words, and you will actually be set free by that. So that's kind of a, you know, an oxymoron. It's, um, it's kind of a, a different way that we, at least Americans, think about freedom. So I wonder what you guys think about that. Mm-hmm. Immediately, for whatever reason, maybe because you were just traveling, I thought of traveling overseas in some countries that I won't say where, um, not needed, but driving in other countries. Um, I, I asked one time what the rules were, and the rules were, uh, if there's a space in front of you, take it, uh, don't stop, <laughs> and use your horn. And that was it. And if you've driven in other countries, it can be complete and total chaos. And in fact, it created anxiety in me just driving on this. And then you, you, and again, not necessarily right or wrong, but then you look at the rules of the road in other countries where everyone obeys them. You are free 
to let your mind wander. We've all had the experience maybe of getting where you're going and not remembering the turns that you took or whatever. Why? Because everyone is following the rules. I know that guy's going to stay in his lane or this red, green light means go, red means stop. And so I'm going to, the rules in a sense, create a freedom to sort of transcend the activity. Um, and so the rules, the, the boundaries, the guidelines actually create a greater freedom than if there were absolutely no rules on the road, it would be complete and total chaos. With, without constraints, it, it's hard to experience. Um, if, I, if, I, if I don't know where I can go, it's hard to experience any kind of freedom because it's almost too overwhelming or we end up derailing ourselves, our own lives without any without any guidance. It is a it is a very strange paradox to think about. Well, and I think it leads to that Martin Luther quote that is quoted often here, like you curve in on yourself without any constraints on your life. And that's ultimately will never satisfy you. Yeah, and I think there are some people who find that kind of healing in a way that to kind of lift up the middle finger to God and say, you know, I don't need you anymore. And I, I, I could do things on my own. And, and there is some freedom to that. You know, there is, you could have quite a bit of fun to it. But like I said, I think, or, uh, you know, you also reject the offer. And, and I think the problem comes when we run into situations when we can't handle it. And then we are, we are becoming helpless. And that moment, that freedom becomes kind of um, a burden because then you, your, your rejection of God also means you reject the goodness of him. It becomes the prison right. that we really wanted. C.S. Lewis has a quote, and I always butcher it or paraphrase it. He says, there's two kinds of people, those who say, thy will be done, mm -hmm. pray the Lord's Prayer on Sunday, and those to whom God says, fine, have it your way. And this is the, you know, there are the rules, there are the guidelines, there are the, you know, the, the ways to live life in a free and fruitful way. Or you can do it your own way, and God says, okay, fine, have it your way. You know, I think of our oldest, even from the time she was very little, we would go to the swimming pool and she couldn't swim. And I would hold her in the water and she would slap my hands away and she would sink to the bottom of the pool. And I would sit there and I'd give her a second and then I'd reach down and I would scoop her up and she'd be underwater, eyes bulging, you know, and I would, I would pick her up and then she would get there and she goes, I can do it. I can swim. And she would slap my hands away again and she would sink to the bottom of the pool. And I was like, that's not swimming, that's drowning. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you get what you want, you will drown. That, that's how this ends. And in some ways, I was like, okay, fine. If that's how you want it, if you think that's freedom, <laughs> then by all means, go for it. And we, you know, are very much the same way. Oh, I've got this. I've got this. I can do it. But really what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up, you know, for drowning if we're not, you know, willing to accept that truth mm -hmm. and accept that in freedom comes constraint. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so there's, um, I was thinking, I realized one thing when we were doing the scripture reading at the end of the service, and I wish it had come to me earlier before I preached it, but... Um, you know, when we say freedom, there are usually two aspects we're thinking about, right? Like, so there's freedom from something. And in this passage, people, Jesus talks about being freed from the sin. People were enslaved to sin. You're free from sin. But there's also freedom to pursue something. So, you know, once you're free from something, you want to use your freedom to do something. And I think that Jesus, the freedom that Jesus offers addresses a little bit of both. 
right? There's the you freedom from sin. So the gospel set you free from sin. You are no longer under its condemnation. You're no longer under its um. Uh, you don't the power of sin to could keep on sinning, but once you're free from that, what are you going to do with it? And 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 I think a lot of people see that they're untethered by any restraint anymore, so they could do whatever they want. But then with that type of freedom, they still need to do something with it. Like so, people still use it to you know pursue affairs outside marriage, or pursue drugs, and pursue addictions, and pursue different things. That that freedom does offer them a chance to do, but. By pursuing those things, thinking those things would make them happy, they actually become another form of imprisonment. And so when I was when we were reading the um, scripture reading at the end, it was from from um, John chapter fifteen. So when Jesus was talking to disciples, and this is from fifteen verse nine, he says, "As the Father had loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love." So again, the the language of abide, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So if you abide in Jesus' words, you will abide in His love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in His love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So that in this sense, when you abide in Jesus, it's like the way that Jesus also abides in the Father, and the Father abides in Jesus. So all of that becomes one, and we become part of. The love that's shared between Father and the Son, and that joy that they have between the two of them is now part of our joy, and that becomes a freedom that we don't have to pursue our own happiness anymore. It's also a freedom that's it's a joy that's given to us as we abide in Jesus' word. So once we're free from sin, we don't have to find our own things to pursue. But it's also God's given the joy that comes along with that freedom. So I think it's. You know, the the freedom we have in Jesus has both sets of freeing freeing us from something, but also freeing us to join the joy of the Father and the Son. Yeah, I love that idea that I'm free from the imprisonment of pursuing my own happiness, because、yeah. um, that's the idea of I have to make my own happiness or my own joy, my own success is overwhelming. I think,、um, and so this idea that. No, what I need to do is follow Jesus, obey His word, and He's promised that He will give me joy and joy to the fullest. And it might not look like anything I had imagined when I, you know, with different dreams I've had in my life, but I will find that joy and fullness in Him. Yeah, I could imagine kind of like a college graduate. When you graduate from college, you're free. You have all the options in front of you, but what the heck are you going to do with your life? You know, what are you going to pursue? But Imagine the promise that whatever you do, you'll be successful and you'll be celebrated and loved. I think that would actually free us to then we can do anything. You know, we we、mm-hmm. don't have to worry about failure. We don't have to worry about being rejected because there's the promise of being loved and honored.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, the freedom is found in the connection. I mean, you, you know, John fifteen, he talks about abiding and being like a a vine and the branch. You know, a branch on a tree. May want freedom, but what does freedom look like? Freedom from the tree looks like death, right? You you can't cut the branch off the tree. I suppose there are some trees that you can cut off and stick in the ground, but for the most part, right? If you cut the branch off from the tree, if you see a branch laying in the middle of the road, you go something's not right. We don't tend to think of freedom. In that connective standpoint, we think of freedom and separation from, like we've been talking about. Even Paul uses the metaphor of the body for the church, right? The the power, the freedom is found in being grafted in, freedom in community. If you know, Paul says the 
the church is a body. If there's a body part laying around, you know something has gone terribly <laughs> wrong, right? The freedom is in the abiding, in the connection. The hyper-individualism of our culture is such that we just think it's like freedom means cutting off from something, getting away from something, rather than being grafted into something and abiding in, in this case, Christ, in his commands, in the life, the kingdom in which he's calling us into. It could be the shortest episode ever. I think the shorter, the better. So. It could be. Well, I do have a, a parting shot, a last word for us. Um, as we talk about freedom, I was thinking of Nelson Mandela. Um, you know, he was freed about the time that I was in, in high school. And you think about what he endured uh, in terms of imprisonment. And he has this quote regarding freedom. He says, the truth is that we are not yet free. We have merely achieved the freedom to be free, the right not to be oppressed. We have not taken the final step of our journey, but the first step on a longer and even more difficult road. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. The true test of our devotion to freedom is just the beginning. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Marginalia. For show notes or for more information about New City Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at newcitycincy.org. That's newcitycincy.org. Thanks for listening.